This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. I'm your host, Charlie McDermott. Welcome to episode number 649 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. Today we have good neighbor Emily Simpson. She's with Canterfield of Fort Myers. Emily, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing terrific. And for our listeners, I, I know you were a last minute substitute, but I think it was an upgrade, honestly, <laughs> Emily. I, I mean, you know, no offense to Pamela. She's awesome too, but I haven't met Pamela, but I'm just, I, I could already tell. No, I'm kidding. Cantor Field of Fort Myers. Let's start there, Emily. Tell us about what you guys are doing there in the community. You bet. So Cantor Field of Fort Myers is um, a senior living community or a retirement living community that is sit, um, consists of assisted living, memory care, and then also independent living villas. Um, that's 75 assisted living apartments, 40 memory care apartments, and then 12 villa homes. Um, in the coming years, we will be constructing an independent living building that will provide an additional 100 plus apartments for our senior living community. Um, we are a, um, Canterfield is owned by Medical Development Corp, an Atlanta-based company, um, but it is truly a family owned father, son. Um, they're here, they're involved. Um, they do have 14 healthcare facilities total. And we kind of have what, what I would call a Kentucky theme or a Kentucky charm and hominess that we really feel is very inviting and warm. Um, we opened up in October of 2020. So amidst global pandemic and senior living, healthcare, everything. Um, but we've been able to build really quickly and hope, hopefully we'll be full sooner rather than later. Yeah. Wow. 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 You know, it's interesting. The, the, I love, I love the Kentucky theme because that, you, mm-hmm. that's exactly when I got on the website, it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that, it all wasn't our, started, that it like came together. Like, yeah, wow. That's interesting. Yep. Yeah. All of our rooms are named after something horse themed or, you know, Derby room, roses lounge. Um, it just gives a little bit of charm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I guess the Kentucky, Kentucky Derby is a big event there. You know what? Yes, it is. We have lots of hats always. And uh, what are those mint juleps? We, we make them. Um, yeah, 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 sure. We got you know, them all. I've never had one of those, uh, but they, they look re- like I got to try it one of these days. It's on my bucket list. I'm putting they're, it on. They're not that good, but you know what? <laughs> we do it for the theme. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. So what about your journey into, you know, the this senior assisted living uh, platform there. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved. All right. Um, I actually am a social worker by trade. Um, You know, I hope to change the world um, working with children and families. I'm from Chicago, born and raised and moved to um, South Florida about five years ago. Um, Really started right out of college in senior care Um, by luck or by chance, I would say luck. I think being in the social work position for the first eight years of my career um, allowed me to embrace the opportunity to work with children and families in a totally different walk of life than I had initially thought. Um, You know, families trust as providers to care for their loved ones at a time. um, They they trust us to to care for their loved ones at a time. when their loved one is vulnerable. Um, it's, it's a gift and a privilege. And, um, I love the interaction that I get to have with residents every day. Um, that's, I would, I had been working in, um, skilled nursing for those first 
eight years, only the last two years in a director role in assisted living and memory care. And I, I really do feel that it is a gift. It's a privilege to work with them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's uh, having had our parents, my, my mother go through this and she had uh, Alzheimer's and, uh, you know, it was too much for my father to bear. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I really understood. I didn't really understand it until, you know, until it happened to you, right? And the importance of not only the services that you guys provide, uh, although my parents were in Pennsylvania, so they, they weren't in Canterfield, but, you know, having the ability for life to go on without it burdening everyone else and, and giving, you know, it's like when we got involved, we knew that it was there to brighten the day of everyone versus the everything else that goes goes with trying to maintain your life as well as your parents' life and mm-hmm. and knowing that it was a, a family, you know, in our case, you know, a family oriented operation, you felt mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, our, our parents are in are in good hands. So yep. uh, but boy, there's a lot to what you guys do. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It's all encompassing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well how about when it comes to mis misconceptions in your industry, what do you hear that you can mm-hmm. speak to? Well, I think you almost alluded to it, um, this idea that you're going to the old folks home and um, that that's kind of where you go to end your journey. Um, and I think in some ways, yes, you know, when you come here in your older age, it, it may be where you end your life. But I think senior living is much more vibrant than people um attribute it to be. It's an opportunity to meet people from different places and develop new friendships, new bonds with people that you may not have otherwise met. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in 2020, you know, in the pandemic times, it's a less isolating environment than being at home. Um, and it allows residents to learn new things, meet new people, have their own need needs met by us when the time comes or as they're needed. But you know, there is so much opportunity to grow. I have, I have so many residents that I can say throughout the years have learned new things about themselves and met new friends. And I think that's a huge misconception is this idea of the old folks home being, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, and we've, we're, we're learning this. I mean, we, it seems like every week we hear a new report about, you know, the, the damage that COVID has done on, us not being around other folks and from a social standpoint, regardless of your age. I mean, it has a serious impact. And prior to that, I I would, I'm far from an expert in senior living, but I I think there's that tendency that you tend to be, if you're not in a, you know, community like yours, uh, that you could very easily be in a COVID like state where you're isolated. Right. And, you know, you're dependent on that, whatever it is, you know, once a week or once every few days visit from a loved one, but you get around folks, you know, with similar life experiences, because that's gotta be the other, other, I'm sure I'll learn in due time here, no hurry. But, you know, as, as you get older, it, you know, it's easier to relate to folks who, you know, if I'm 80 and you're 80, we can talk about a lot more, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Well, all right. So stepping away from Canterfield a little bit here, what are you doing for fun? Well, I do work a lot, um, but that's, that's mostly by choice. Um, I am, you know, I try to stay active. You moved to Southwest Florida, so you enjoy the weather. 
in whatever capacity, whether it's sitting at the beach, sitting at the pool. Um, I, I'm pretty active. I try to, I, I always try to convince myself that I'm going to be a runner. So I work really hard at that about three days a week and I still have not convinced myself, but it's good for me. So, um, I would say those are my main things outside of, uh, work. And I, I live alone. I have a cat who's, um, a lovely little joy and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, rumor has it, Emily, that if you are running, you are considered a runner. So congratulations. You <laughs> have made it. <laughs> I try. Oh, good for you. Good for you. Now, when you say you want to be a runner, are you, are you like aspiring to be in a race or something? Uh, Is that no, or? I pretty much just want to convince myself that I like it. That you like like it. I get that runner's high. I'm like, yeah. I'm still waiting for it. <laughs> Uh, how long have you been years. running you said two years you've been yeah, doing it three years yeah three years yeah yeah now do you have do you kind of run the same place or do you switch it up yeah i have i wear out where i live is beautiful that's the other yeah. thing about florida is you can run year round um yeah. and just enjoy being outside um and i have two i forgot to mention i have to i have two little nephews who also live um locally so i do spend quite a bit of time with them um they're five um, and two, so they're rowdy <laughs> yeah so you'll need to keep running to be uh -huh. able to stay, stay up with them that's great how about when it comes to a hardship or life challenge emily what comes to mind a period of time that you were challenged you got through it and looking back you can say i'm better for it i'm stronger mm -hmm. um i would say certainly in general the um the idea of starting being kind of at the forefront of opening a building. Now I was the second, actually I was the third executive director here, but the second one after they had opened and, you know, when I got on, it was 15 people. Um, and we were 15 residents that is, and we were amid horrible staffing, um, issues. And I would say the mm. staffing crisis, was truly something where myself, my director of wellness, um, Pamela Wicks, the director of marketing, we were in here doing hands-on care when we couldn't get anybody else here. Um, and it's something that we now we're in a much better place. Um, but even, you know, choosing the right people to be on the team um, is was was a challenge and luckily we have the right people in place and i'm extremely proud of the team that we do have here right now because i think a leadership team makes it, it's it's huge in bringing the right people in the right getting people to want to come here um and so the staffing crisis in mm. at the beginning of the year or march was really it was yeah. tough and it made you put things in perspective when you're doing the hands-on care, when you're working in the kitchen, when you're doing those types mm -hmm. of things um, to realize what it makes it, what it takes to make a place like this run. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I can't even imagine what you guys must've gone through. Uh, it's uh, fortunately they had a leadership team mm -hmm. like you guys uh, uh, because you know, that, that is, I guess uh, the, at the end of the day as business owners, as leaders, you know, we, we it's still a decision to get the old you know the so-called hands dirty right you know to, to be involved in uh the day-to-day -day operations and and taking care of filling the holes but um you know it, i guess what what i'm hearing is it really grounds you 
because you really now understand the importance of, in this case, Canterfield and what, you know, the Im impact you make on everyone's lives there. So Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. One thing you wish our listeners knew about Canterfield, what would that be? About Canterfield? Yeah. Um, I would say, and I think, again, it kind of goes back to that last question, um, which is the team that we have here is some of the most dedicated employees, some of the most dedicated staff um, to the residents and not just to Canterfield, but, you know, support the mission and, and the, um, the residents' livelihood. Um, and the other thing that I can say, too, is it's been actually very eye-opening, too, to see even in even eight months here, some people who had really been failing to thrive at home. Um, and when they came in, it's like they have this whole new lease on life. Um, and, you know, families attest to it. They say, you know, I, I thought it was the end. And now all of a sudden she wants me to bring in makeup and a hair curler. She's like, hasn't used makeup or a hair curler in years. So I just, I think it's really important that the family like vibe goes from, you know, our owners to our leadership team and, and to our residents. Yeah. Good stuff. Emily, for our listeners who want to learn more, want to get in touch, what's the best way for them to do so? Um, you can call our main line, um, which is 239-990-6100. Um, or you can go to canterfieldoffortmyers.com um, and you can access all of our information there. Terrific. Well, Emily, you did awesome. Thank you. And, <laughs> and I'm sure Pamela's going to be jealous. <laughs> but in all seriousness, uh, thank you once again for not only spending time with us, but with all you do there in uh, Fort Myers. And we wish you the best going forward. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast. To nominate your favorite local business to be featured on the show, go to goodneighborpodcast.com. That's goodneighborpodcast.com. Or call us at 239-224-4105.